This episode of the What the Fintech podcast is sponsored by EcomPay. Hello and welcome to another brand new episode of What the Fintech, the podcast from the team behind Fintech Futures and the Banking Technology Magazine. My name is Paul Hindle, editor at Fintech Futures, and for this episode, we're joined by Arthur Rybakovs, Director of Financial Partnerships at payment service provider EcomPay. Arthur, welcome to the show. Yeah, hello. Welcome. Well, it's great to have you on the show this week. Just to get started, would you like to quickly let us know a bit more about yourself and, and the work you're doing at EcomPay? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned, uh, my name is Arthur Rybakovs. I'm a Director of Financial Partnerships uh, here at EcomPay. So I've been uh, with the company for the last uh, three and a half years. And when I started, like it was 2020, I was uh, responsible for negotiating and supporting the partnerships with the various alternative payment methods. And uh, through the years, I grew and now I'm responsible for deep uh, communication uh, with uh, our existing partners and uh, new strategic partners. And yeah, basically, uh, I'm responsible for that at the campaign. And pleasure to be at today's podcast. Excellent. Well, thank you so much again for, for taking the time out to speak with me. On the show this week, we'll be taking a look at the, the current state of play with open banking in the UK, particularly open banking payments, mm-hmm. and innovation in the space, including how businesses' expectations of open banking have shifted in recent times, and the role that fintechs such as EconPay are playing in the evolution of the space. So that's all to come a bit later, but as always, to get us started is our news in numbers segment. So this is where our guest has gone out and found a news story featuring an interesting number to discuss. So Arthur, what have you brought along for us today? Yeah, basically the interesting topic that I thought it's good to discuss when it's going to be 2025, like 70% of PSVs and ISVs, they will all implement open banking solution. So during the last couple of years, I believe like even since the beginning of open banking, everyone was quite pessimistic and wasn't sure about open banking. But through the years, we can see how open banking and open banking potential overall grew. And we can see that fintech players, especially those who are related to the payments, they are getting attention of open banking. They pay attention to open banking and they see that open banking really has its value for the businesses, for the service they provide to their clients, to their partners. And I think it's obvious to say that PSPs and ISVs, they will consider open banking. They know about it and now they just need to find the, the right time, the right resources in order to implement the solution and start using that. That's my opinion. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So just to confirm, I mean, this is research from newer pace suggesting that three quarters of uh, PSPs and ISVs intending to implement open banking within the next two years. Um, very optimistic, I think, uh, news for open banking in the UK. Going past the, the initial headline, and one of the things that come from this research as well is that over the next five years, both PSPs and ISPs expect open banking to become one of the most popular ways uh, for consumers to pay for goods or services. Obviously, your role at EconPay, is this something as well that you're anticipating in the years to come? And, and what would you say are the main drivers and advantages then of this method to, that people will be picking this payment method over others? Yeah, definitely. First of all, adding the comments about uh, the NoPay. We as EconPay, uh, we are in good uh, relationship with NoPays as well. So we've been in uh, close uh, discussion on uh, how we see open banking will be developed uh, within the next uh, three to five years. And the future, as we mentioned, it looks uh, very optimistic. And if we talk about the open banking at EconPay, so when I joined the company three and a half uh, years ago, we were just starting developing open banking solution. So we were quite a newcomers to that solution. 
but throughout the years we've noticed that it's very optimistic and uh, it has a very good uh, potential not only for us as a business but for the merchants for the clients who are having new demands and the open banking solution can actually meet these demands and particularly if we talk about payments in open banking to highlight the main benefits of open banking payments is the cost of transaction of course we eliminate such thing called chargeback so there are no chargebacks in open banking payments world and of course the speed of transfer because if we talk about the standard open banking account to account solution it's a very positive solution that the funds uh, can uh, come directly from the consumer from the final user to to the bank account of the business so there is no intermediary who is holding uh, the funds and the business is receiving funds uh, directly to the bank account so this is uh, something that a merchant can be happy about and that's where we saw this uh, potential we didn't want to miss opportunity to come to the game excellent tanola Quote Neuropace CEO Brian Hanrahan as well from that research as well. He says, it's clear that there's appetite for open banking payments and it will likely surpass traditional payment methods. However, what is hindering the implementation of new payment technologies is the lack of customer understanding, time and cost requirements and lack of skills. I mean, in terms of those roadblocks, when you say you've been working closely with with Neuropay as well, just on on forging a way forward for this, but is this something that you would agree with as well? And what, I guess, are the next steps in the wider industry can, can take to look to tackle these issues? Yeah, yeah, definitely agree with uh, Brian. So actually, there are two layers which uh, we should uh, consider. The first one is to educate partners, clients themselves, that open banking has these uh, benefits, these potentials, and they need to, to implement that. And it's not uh, that hard, to be honest, because uh, we are there in, in direct uh, connection uh, with uh, merchants, with clients, uh, with partners. That's absolutely fine. But uh, at the end of the day, that is the consumers who are, who are going to use uh, the solution. So that is most important to educate uh, the consumers themselves. And as we go on, as uh, the time goes on, I believe that we reached uh, quite a good potential, not only us as Ecompay, as Nopay, but all players uh, in the fintech industry in terms of payments to educate merchants about the benefits that they can actually get from open banking. And consumers are slowly getting used to open banking payments. And that's what satisfies uh, the industry. We can see that everyone getting uh, to know open banking about uh, the value th- that it can bring. And we can expect only the growth. Even if we take a look at the different research, different numbers, the open banking solution is expected to grow. And uh, we can see if we compare the dates uh, from uh, 2018, for instance, and 2023, so five years time frame, we can see that open banking payments increase dramatically. And the trend is positive. It keeps uh, growing and growing. So. It has the future, it has potential, everyone is getting uh, to know about it, and yeah, everyone is, is getting educated about open banking. You mentioned there just briefly about the, the growth of open banking that we've seen so far in, in the UK. What would you say at the moment then, as we're coming towards the end of 2023, what's the current state of play then with with open banking at the moment in the UK? And what are some of the key trends that you think that you're seeing? So yeah, the key trends, if we take a look at a couple of years ago, it was about various TPP, like called the third party providers. These are basically the open banking providers, how they're named, uh, getting into market. And now when we take a look at the current state in the UK market, We can see that payment initiation service like open banking payments is not the only thing that uh, should be offered when you reach potential clients for the open banking. You need uh, to have this value added 
in order to sell your solution, to promote your solution. So uh, merchants are getting attention more to open banking. The current state is uh, to offer value added to the standard open banking payments. That's what I have noticed. And that's what uh, we at Ecampo are also trying to do. Excellent. So how have businesses' expectations then of open banking changed in, in recent years, obviously with the, with the evolution of the space? Yeah, coming back uh, to the start of the conversation, open banking, when it was uh, first introduced, the concept of open banking, it was quite uh, skeptical, I would say even uh, pessimistic. And uh, businesses, they didn't expect uh, much about uh, open banking. I would say most of them even didn't know about the concept of open banking. But as open banking getting promoted, even when we open different media websites about uh, payments, we can see that open banking can check its eye. And if we talk based on that about the business's expectation, the most obvious one would be to improve their life, to decrease the costs, to make the implementation easy to use for them and for their final users, of course, as I mentioned, they will be the ones who will be using the solution. So expectation is to have an easy-to-use solution, cheap solution, and quality solution. Excellent. And, and I mean, on that front, what would you say are the key innovations and advancements that businesses want to see from open banking to meet their needs? So, as I said, in terms of open banking, we have a standard solution called account-to-account payments. And it's been in the market for several years already. But now when we talk with the various clients, we need to add this value added. For instance, payment confirmation. So businesses, they want to be sure that when the payment is actually initiated from the bank account of the user, they will receive these funds at the end of the day so they can provide the good or the service. The other option is the other feature and value added businesses are expecting is instant refunds or payouts. Because if we take a look, once again, the standard account-to-account payments, yes, the businesses, they receive uh, the funds uh, directly to the bank account. But in order to refund or make an outgoing transaction, it takes uh, some friction, some time. And uh, it's something that might have a negative experience from uh, open banking payments perspective for the businesses. So, uh, yeah, I believe these are the things that uh, the businesses are expecting from uh, open banking, full experience. Excellent, excellent. And... We obviously mentioned yourself, Ecompo, we've mentioned NewerPay already. What role then are, are fintechs playing in, in this evolution of the space and, and how are they looking to innovate with their offerings to help banks and businesses meet the shifting needs of customers? I think uh, it's a very good question. In uh, this sense, uh, we need uh, to divide uh, this question into two parts. There goes uh, regulation and goes innovation. From a fintech perspective and for companies such as Ecompay, we are always uh, ready to innovate. We look uh, for the solutions that can be beneficial for our partners, for our clients and uh, for the end consumers of of our clients. We don't have any issues uh, with innovation. I'm not going to say easy to implement, but it's easier to implement rather than regulation. Regulation is something that stops the innovation. And when there are discussions from a regulation perspective, such as various regulation committees, various banks' regulations, These are the things that will hold back innovation to reach its full potential. And from FinTech perspective, yeah, we, as I mentioned, companies as e-company, we're always ready to innovate. We look uh, for various solutions, but the regulations is something that's holding back. I mean, we've touched on it briefly, but can you tell us a bit more then about the work that the e-company then is doing in this area? Yeah, absolutely. We started our journey with open banking back in 2020. And the most obvious step to enter open banking payments was to offer standard account-to-account payments and the various uh, TPPs across the Europe and the UK, they offer that solution. And we did the same. So we chose the trusted partners at that moment in open banking sector, and we implemented account-to-account payments. 
After some time, when we worked closely with some of our clients across Europe and the UK, we heard uh, some pain points and uh, some things that our clients would like to improve. As I said, payment confirmation, uh, dedicated bank account, refunds and payouts. We introduced our in-house built solution called the Open Banking Advance, and we introduced this solution back in 2021. So that's something that gave us the boost in terms of getting attention for our Open Banking Advanced solution. And we are trying to keep the trend. We are following what's happening in the market. So if uh, there are any news from a regulation perspective or other companies are doing uh, new innovation things, we do not want uh, to stay behind. We're always monitoring. We're always uh, following uh, the trend, the market, the news. And uh, internally, we also have a discussions uh, with our clients. We are working closely with them on how we can improve and uh, add this value to standard open banking payments. So uh, everyone is happy. So we are happy as uh, since our clients are happy. That's what we're trying to do at eCampaign. Sounds great. And I mean, just looking at open banking, I mean, it's been reported that banks themselves are a bit skeptical about the commercial value that the open banking offers and the lack of commercial returns. So do you think there's a way to, to monetize it going forward? Yeah, so historically, we know uh, that uh, when there is a, a new player in the uh, open banking sector, the first question that comes uh, to different companies, uh, how are you going to make the profit? How are you going to make money? Otherwise, uh, business will not survive. It uh, will not exist and it uh, won't be able to hire senior management and actually keep them. So it's uh, a question that uh, was asked, that is asked each time. And I would say that, yes, it's a drawback from an uh, open banking perspective. And it always comes uh, to value added. We have uh, a great tool in terms of open banking. We have an access uh, to the financial data of the consumers. Uh, when, when we receive the consent that we can access the financial data of the consumers, we provide, we can, businesses can provide different uh, services in order to make consumers' life uh, better. And in terms of uh, commercial side, it's always value added that you need uh, to create and in order to able to monetize it, to sell it. So it's all about value added that you have to build within the open banking sector. Recently, Open Banking Strategic Working Group found that there were different financial services players were having different visions for open banking going forward. Is this lack of cohesion potentially holding back growth, I guess, across the country or does more need to be done in terms of collaboration to, to forge a route forward? We can talk about uh, four players. So the ones uh, goes uh, for PSPs and ISVs that we mentioned at the very beginning of uh, our conversation. The second goes the open banking providers, actually the, those TPPs who offer open banking uh, payments themselves. The third goes the banks who are actually very skeptical about open banking overall. And the fourth player is the regulation. So I believe there shouldn't be different approaches uh, from each of these uh, group of uh, companies that I mentioned. They need uh, to work closely to benefit themselves because uh, when they work together, when they are trying to build something that will be beneficial for the consumers, for the nations, it will uh, have the positive outcome in the long run. So uh, I believe for the best outcome, the best solution, the best advice that I can uh, give from my perspective, looking at the industry for the last three, five years is to work closely. It doesn't matter who comes up uh, with a better idea. It's important uh, to work mutually on how to make this work. Of course, we touched the commercial perspective, but we need to find uh, the solution to make it work. And then someone will uh, find the idea on how to make it work in terms of money, in terms of commercials. Excellent. excellent. And the UK has been at the forefront of, of open banking when it comes to, to usage and innovation. Are you optimistic then in a few years time that this will still be the case? 
Yes, yes, it will be the case because uh, open banking was the one that was leading the industry in terms of, we could talk about the UK. We can see that the Baltic countries where I'm uh, actually based are doing quite well and that the open banking project in the Baltics has grown dramatically. But of course, if we talk uh, about open banking globally, all of the countries, all of the nations, when we hear about open banking implementation, they first of all, taking a look how the UK actually implemented the open banking and they're trying to build uh, open banking solution, open banking, various uh, businesses based on the UK rails, UK experience. And in order not uh, to make the mistakes, uh, they, of course, uh, keep an eye at the UK the first. And I believe in the next couple of years, the trend to, uh, will remain the same. We can see that uh, open banking expo that is, uh, hold, uh, in, uh, that is held in the UK, it's getting attention for loads of companies especially from the various regions, such as Latin America, Northern America, they all keep attention at the Open Banking Expo that is held in the UK. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, just to finish off, I mean, you've touched on it there, the Open Banking Expo coming probably this week, actually, once we go live for this episode. You're going to be there in attendance as well. What are you most looking forward to there? And what can you tell us about that? I've been there for the last two years, and this year it's going to be even a bigger event. Because last year there were two events separately, Open Banking Expo and Open Banking Europe. This year they're making a two-day event and I'm really excited about it. First of all, because EcomPay will be a stage sponsor for Open Banking Expo. So uh, we are quite proud uh, about the journey that we started uh, back in 2020 and where we are now. And uh, the second part that I'm really excited is to see the current partners. So it's uh, the best place where we can meet up, discuss what's happening now, which trends we need to expect. And of course, uh, the third is uh, to listen, what are the updates? What are the future predictions in terms of open banking itself? So yeah, that's a very good event. And I believe it's uh, the event of the year in terms of uh, open banking and one of the best events in fintech, uh, fintech industry overall. Excellent, excellent. And you've mentioned predictions there. I mean, do you have any predictions then just to finish off on where open banking might be then in the next few years? It will increase dramatically. That's uh, what I can see. All the reports, all the numbers uh, that we see, they're actually promising. And uh, from year to year, we can see that actually these are predictions are meeting the real world numbers. And uh, yeah, I expect that more and more merchants will be interested in open banking. And even if we talk about the open banking expo, we can see the Taiwan clients are getting attention of open banking. Particularly, I can name like uh, Booking.com, uh, they're visiting such events. So we can see when the clients such that are taking a look at the open banking, we know that uh, something can be built on open banking rails. Thank you so much again, Martha, for, for, for speaking with us today. To close out the podcast, we have our now infamous fintech jail. So this is where we ask for an industry 10 buzzword or trend that you've seen or heard enough of. So, Arthur, what is your selection for this week? Uh, for me, it was uh, the world called stablecoin. What is it about stablecoin that you feel like it needs to be cast away into the jail? Well, to be honest, recently there were loads of talks about the crypto, crypto regulation, about the digital coin. And when you read the news about payments and particularly about the crypto, it all comes to the stable coin. So there are quite a lot of this word is used in the media. And I believe this is the one that I would definitely put in jail. Excellent. Excellent. So, I mean, stablecoin usage appears to be gaining in popularity. I mean, especially when it comes to cross-border transactions and settlement. And there's a lot of companies that are looking at stablecoins in, in that area. I mean... What would you say the alternative would be to stablecoins maybe looking to the future as, as an alternative to them? 
Well, hard to say. The, as I said, the, a good option is a digital coin that we need uh, to make sure is one solution to replace uh, the stable coin. But uh, yeah, if someone comes uh, with a unique and quite a uh, good uh, work, I'll be happy for that. Because uh, as I said, stable coin is, uh, is made quite open and it's getting weird, to be honest. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, do you think maybe stablecoin is being having that link to to crypto and obviously with the various kind of negative sentiment that can be drifting around crypto in the market there i mean do you feel like maybe it's being dragged down by by that as well maybe it needs to if it was its own separate thing maybe it would be viewed in a slightly more favorable light yeah definitely i agree with the last point if it was uh, two separate things uh, there would be a different approach to this world but yes yeah, since stablecoin is uh, always associated with the crypto that's why it has it might have this impact Excellent. Okay. Okay. Well, I am more than happy to put stablecoin into the jail for now. Then obviously, are there any stablecoin fans out there who want to come and fight for it and break it back out of the jail, then, then please get in touch. And um, But for now, it will be uh, yeah, taking its place in the jail. Yeah, I'll be happy to discuss. <laughs> well, that's all we have time for this episode. Thanks, of course, to Arthur for joining me. As for Fintech Futures, you can find us online at www.fintechfutures.com on X at Fintech Futures and of course on LinkedIn. If you like this podcast and our other episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud or your favourite podcasting service to get notified about future episodes. Thanks as well to Arama for editing this podcast. You can check them out at arama.tv. As always, thank you very much for your support. We'll see you soon for another episode of What the Fintech. But until then, goodbye. Goodbye.